Wait, can I? Sorry, pause. Can I ask a question? Job, good start, Julia. <laughs> Wait, are we? Re- okay, I had this thought when we did the last one. Is I'm never sure if we're just having like you're just talking to me and it's gonna be cut, or if like we're actually being recorded and it's going in the podcast. That's the beauty of it is that it's always recording. The good stuff is usually when you don't know it's recording, whether you're recording music or recording a podcast. Okay, cool. Welcome back to season two of the PUL podcast sponsored by Layout Gloves, the official glove sponsor of the Premier Ultimate League. We are here, myself, Julia Johnson, in case you forgot, and Commissioner Bonesaw is also with us. That's me. Unfortunately, Hannah will not be joining us today. Uh <laughs> I don't know. Can I just be honest and say she had a doctor's appointment? I think so. Cool. Great. Um, unfortunately, Hannah will not be joining us today, our third co-host, because she has a doctor's appointment. Every ultimate player out there can sympathize with having to go see the doctor when your knee's hurting or your back is hurting. So we've also got in the studio PUL podcast editor Hogman. Thanks for having me. I won't talk very much, but it's good to be here. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Just to jump right in with news around the league. So uh, one thing that has been super exciting that we've been doing since our last podcast is hiring two lead observers. So last year we put the onus on the team to book their own observers each game. And given some of the markets and that some of our teams are from smaller cities that proved to be really difficult for them and took a lot of time. So This year, we're fortunate enough to have a little bit more funding and be able to put some money towards me and also hiring people to do some of this really hard, time-consuming work. So we've hired Daniel Wong out of Raleigh to be the lead observer in the Eastern Division. And Amy Kenziorski, who used to coach the Torch last year, she'll be taking the lead in the Central Division. So I've been working really closely with the two of them already. They're both fantastic and very active on Slack. Amy messages me probably once every 10 minutes at least (laughs) saying she has other work to do and that this will be her last message about observers. And then I'll get like 15 more messages from her. So they're both super eager and excited to help us out. And we're really grateful to have each of them. And I'll be sending out a little bit more about each of them in the newsletter next week. Yeah, it's great. I think that was one of your your first main main gigs here when you came on with the PUL was, you know, uh, running that program, finding the right people. And I'm, I'm glad it worked out. One kind of fun storyline, um, I believe that Amy and Daniel met uh, through observing at the PUL championships last year. Um, and they, they worked together during that event. And now, you know, fast forward till now, they're going to be working together to... Uh, to kind of with you oversee all the observers and place all the observers. And I think, I think the teams are really feeling a sense of relief at that because finding USAU trained observers for every single game was, you know, just one of the many, many things that teams had to take care of last year. So, so you and Amy and Dan taking that on this year, I think it's going to be a big help to the team. Um, also, I think it's part of, you know, uh, there's different rules for the PUL, you know, and so, how do we get these observers are USAU trained, but we want them to also be well-versed in the PUL rule set and the differences. And so um, how, are, how are y'all kind of approaching 
you know, training the, the observers to adapt to the PUL rules and what are sort of some of the differences? I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, it's very interesting because I don't have a ton of background with observers or to be honest, the rules, like I do my best to know the rules and there are also a lot of them and they don't really teach them that well in college where a lot of people learn how to play. You just kind of get out there and play. And if you end up in a discussion on field, you have that discussion and maybe your coach chimes in illegally from the sideline. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think working with them already has really opened my eyes to all the hard work that observers put in. And, you know, it's easy, it's easier for us to hire people that are USAU trained to have that foundation. And then we have a number of working documents that, you know, highlight the differences between the PUL rule set and the USAU one. Uh, when we have the home game in Medellin, those observers are trained as WIFDIF game advisors. So, you know, we're also working with them on the PUL rules versus WIFDIF rules. And um, it's definitely interesting you know, we've had some really good discussions with the rules subcommittee of the PUL board too about, you know, what is an interpretation of something. And Amy and Daniel have both written out tons of scenarios. You know, if a player throws a greatest and at during a buzzer beater and it goes off, you know, a split second before they throw that, like what do all these things mean? Oh, yeah. um, scenarios you don't see happen often, but then they happen and the observer on the field has to know what to do. So it's pretty cool um, to just even be a part of seeing kind of how their brain works and what they have to think about. Cause it's significantly more than I think about when I step on the field to play. So yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. That's great. It would be, it would be fun to share that document that I've seen that they're crafting where it's like, you know, the differences between the two rule sets, USAU, PUL. Um, once they have that all dialed in, it'd be fun to share that with the listeners out there and other PUL fans. If we can. Yeah, definitely. There was one question uh, on Twitter about why the PUL um, requires or uses USAU trained observers. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought we might just touch on that for a second since we try to, you know, be transparent and also just answer the fan questions. So um, a little bit of backstory from my end from last year on that was that I think, uh, you know, when the league was getting started, um, there was a lot of discussion about what the rule set would be and, you know, you can imagine all the conversations behind the scenes there. And I think, but there was a general desire to, to, to adhere as close as possible to the USAU rule set. It's what everybody enjoys playing. Um, maybe make a few tweaks, you know, with the time, obviously being the biggest difference. Um, but also there was a desire to, you know, help the, the league is interested in working together with USAU and, and, you know, on various things, whether it's clinics or, um, rules and all kinds of stuff. So using a, a rule set that was similar to their rule set was also just a, a good symbolic move um, as far as working together. Um, and so having USAU trained observers was a good way to collaborate with USAU last year behind the scenes because some of Byron there at USAU and Will would help place observers where we couldn't find them and help us find them. And, you know, maybe also try to schedule some trainings around PUL games and whatnot. So opens up a lot of new opportunities for that kind of thing as well. So I think that that was sort of my recollection about why the league, one of the reasons why the league wanted to do that. Yeah. Thinking big picture and more long-term at the end of the day, like we as a league want to have a good relationship with USAU and they've done 
a ton of good work in building the observer program and training and they have a lot that they require of them. And, um, it was really helpful for us to be able to lean on them a little bit for some of that support. So yeah, I'm really glad that they have been really open with us and really helpful. And hopefully to, you know, as a league, we can build off of that and we do have our own rule set. So in the future, maybe we'll be able to have our own training and, you know, that's a little bit of what we're trying to implement here with Amy and Daniel is, you know, reaching out, having ongoing feedback, having resources for people. And, you know, we're really trying to get more women observers and more people of color observers and trying to also move that community of people um, along with us and how we pursue our mission too. So. So that's kind of the update on what's going on with the observers. The main news around the league right now is the impending launch of the sponsor player program, which is backing in for year two. It's launching this coming Monday, March 2nd at 5 p.m. Central. And we actually do have a special guest related to the sponsor player program. We're not going to tell you who it is quite yet, and we're not going to let her talk quite yet. But uh, we're going to bring her on the show here in a few minutes to talk about it. But uh, Julia, let's just wrap a little bit about what the sponsor player program is, kind of why it's important, and how, more importantly, like how it works. Maybe we could just kind of, let's do a little back and forth. We'll do, you know, uh, details about the sponsor player program. You say one, I say one. Okay, so. Okay, cool. That's better than what I thought when you said rap. I thought we were going to have to actually rap. I propose we make Julia actually rap. Yes. Okay. Now. <laughs> no, let's not do that. My parents used to send me to improv camp and it was the worst week of my summer for like 10 years. And I didn't get any better ever. Oh, no. I'm still bad and scared. So. So did your uh, sweating on the podcast level just jump up two levels there when you thought we were going to have to rap? I was just going to hang up, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, I think when I use rap, it's just more of a, of a remnant of, of me growing up in the 90s. And I'm just saying, let's oh, okay. talk. Let's talk about it. Cool. I'll, I can start with a, with a fact. Okay. Um, you start with a fact. Every player is represented with a jersey. <laughs> that's that's a, not a good fact. That's a great basic fact. You're right. Every player who plays in the league has a jersey. <laughs> okay. That's Julia's first fact. My first fact is... Uh, this year, there are 12 teams and there are 27 players per roster, with a few exceptions, which means how many players are available to be sponsored? That's actually a question, not a statement. Anybody? It's a math question. It's a math question. I got a math question for you. What did you say? 12 times 27? 12 times 27. Getting my calculator. It's 324. 324 oh, players are available to be sponsored. Now, we're actually going to... Cut a few off of that because I believe Raleigh's only rostering 25, and I think that Revolution are also rostering 25. So that equals in the booth. Give me the numbers again, and I'll run them. <laughs> Give me the numbers again. Taking four off of that number that you just gave us. What was the number I gave you? 27 times 12. Times 12 minus 4 is 320. 320 players available to be sponsored, and each player is available four times. Back to you, Julia. There is an exclusive uh, player-sponsored program jersey designed for each team this year. So it's not just their normal kits. And that was something that was a lot of back and forth about what was the best way to do that this year. Do we want to have, like we did last year, like the lights and darks, each one's available twice? Or do we try to make a, design a totally new jersey? 
um, to try to help make this even more exclusive. And then also, you know, have the, the replica jerseys be something totally separate that other fans could also get. Um, and we were about to go the way that we went last year. And then KK from Indianapolis said that she had talked to their whole team and they came up with the idea of saying, why don't we just take most teams light jerseys and kind of quote, invert them to kind of give them a different color or like, you know, turn the white jerseys black. And that way we'd have the design already there, but it would be a special alternate thing. And everybody just kind of went, Oh yes, that's great. So the original idea for the third Jersey came from Adriana at VC, but it was KK there from Indianapolis who, um, really kind of made it happen. So props to her. That's my fact. Yeah, that's a great fact. (laughs) Um, my next fact is that once players are sold out, they're done. So edit this out if it's wrong. Uh, the, the program runs for 10 days and in that time, um, like once, once people are sold out, they're sold out and we hope that other people will then, you know, fans online will go look towards other players on that team or on other teams and um, support them as well. Um, But if, you know, if hopefully not, but if everyone is not uh, sold out, the program will end in 10 days. That's correct. So people, the fans have 10 days to sell out (laughs) all of those 320. Did you say 320? Uh, 300 and yeah that yes 320 players and so you know there was also a lot of discussion about that like hey you know some players are you know quote more popular they might be able to sell one player might be able to sell eight you know but then another player might be able to sell one and it's something that i really think is great about this program is it's really just it's it's equal every player is available for and you know like you said it encourages people and teams to you know start promoting the other players which is and the other communities which is part of the whole mission of this league is to elevate all players you know, shine a spotlight on players who don't haven't gotten the spotlight in their USAU playing career yet. You know, so I think that's one thing that's really cool. And something came up on the board call on Monday, an idea that we did last year that I had forgotten about, which was once teams started to sell out inside the league here, we had teams kind of pair up with like a, a partner team. So it was like when Gridlock sold out, they partnered up, I forget who it was, with like Columbus, and they were going to help promote each other to sell each other out. And, you know, Austin paired up with Atlanta. I think we'll do something like that again to really try to try to, you know, sell each other's out and, and really kind of drive the, the point home that it's really just a league-wide way for the, the ultimate community to, to to be a part of the whole league, not just your local team. Yeah, I'm excited. I, last year, did not uh, sponsor a player because I was just not... Being on the West Coast is like you're a bit removed from the PUL, and I also didn't have any money. Um, but this year, I think I know what jersey I'm going for. So who are you going to go crossed. for? Well, I'm, I, my first choice jersey is Nicole's jersey. And my second choice jersey is Maddie's jersey. Oh, yeah. Maddie's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about Maddie Fry, board president. Yes, board president Maddie Fry. There you go. I actually have my eye on Mariana Rodriguez from Nashville. First of all, I love their new, like, dark purple jerseys and I've just yeah. really, really enjoyed getting to know her on the PUL board and at the PUL retreat last year. So if I can get her in time, that's probably who I'll go with. Nice. <laughs> um, some other quick facts here. So the program launches Monday, March 2nd at 5 p.m. And so 5 p.m. The VC store is going to go live. Eastern. People, Eastern. 
Correct. And, and that's when your first chance, and it's really first come, first serve there. So you need to be ready to go on the VC website right there. Um, that's my fact. Back to you, JJ. So I don't know if this is cheating. I had opened up VC's newsletter that was talking about the program that went out yesterday to mm-hmm. get some of my facts mm-hmm. um, because I just woke up. But um, <laughs> there are not more facts on the newsletter. So... It might be out of facts. <laughs> well, you facts. kind of hinted at it earlier, but just to reiterate, we will be throughout the campaign um, having some fun announcements. So um, we'll just say the quicker we sell out, the better. So uh, another great fact um, is that this coincides with the launch of the VC's team stores. So people will also, when they're on the site, they'll be able to also check out you know, if you're a big fan of the, the Austin Torch, for example, you you could you could sponsor a player, maybe pick up a hat, maybe pick up some other fresh torch gear, and you'll also be able to see um, the actual jerseys. So that the the game jerseys for the each team will also be available for the first time on the VC store. So it's a, it's a first chance to see a lot of things. Maybe most exciting is that it's the first chance to see the full rosters of every of every team. Um, so. You know, even if you're not looking to sponsor a player, you can go to the to the VC website and scroll through and click on each team. You'll be able to see, you know, which players have signed on with whom and who's coming back. I will say there's some surprises now that now that all the you know the teams have had to put their headshots in the shared folder and everything. Everybody on the board can get a quick first look, and everybody's creeping <laughs> in there. Uh, so there's definitely some exciting surprises to see to see on there. Yeah, there's no more rumors, just facts. Yeah. Like I've always wanted. <laughs> Good thing Hannah's not here. <laughs> oh, she'd be very disappointed. We're going to kick it over to the, the booth who has a fact. Uh, Hogan, the booth has a fact to kick in here. Um, so we did the video to announce the player sponsorship program, Jersey thing. Correct. Why don't you talk, talk a second about the video? So all the players, you can find it anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Sure. And um, all the players, or not all the players, but a representative from each team came on and did a little a little spiel on camera, and we stitched them all together to make this announcement. My, f- I think that my favorite and the the player who I'm going to sponsor is going to be Cena Genie. Oh. Because she, I mean, she she had a leg up because she must have had a friend with a like a DSLR or like a depth of field camera, and it looks like a freaking movie. And she's out there. I don't know where she is. She's in like the dunes and like the mountains and stuff. Looks great. Thank you for that from the booth there. Uh, just so you know, Hogue also edits all the PUL videos and whatnot throughout the season. So I think those are most of the facts about the sponsored player program. Uh, any other thoughts on that there, Julia? What's, what is it? What is the piece about it that you like the most? What is it? Why, why did it work? Actually, we'll save that one for our special guest. Maybe it's time to bring in our special guest. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we're talking a lot about the PSP and there's a key person um not in the PUL organization but a close friend and um partner who does a ton for this so we have adriana withers from bc with us on this call uh, all the way from toronto hi everybody nice to be here welcome to the podcast what's going on up in toronto blizzard it's um, I'm staring out the window of the VC boardroom to a beautiful winter wonderland. Tell us about the tobogganing situation you had going last night. 
Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> so I'm living um, north of the city about an hour on a 20 acre property, old farm, beautiful uh, reclaimed converted barn. And we have toboggan hills everywhere. So we have these little snowboard um, like sleds and old school sleds and luge sleds. And you just rip down the hill in front of the house uh, and if you're lucky, you don't go all the way to the hockey pond, uh, which is a little bit thin ice right now. I fell through it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's one, one of our, um, one of our traditions is after a big dinner party, get out and go for a walk around the property and you just end up sledding. And that's what you did last night until approximately what hour of the day, night? I think we walked back in at maybe 1215 or so. So not so bad. Not so bad. What a life. What a life. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> great. Come, at, come anytime. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a little bit of your backstory. I mean, it seems like uh, you're, you're, I mean, I know for a fact, you're very well known throughout the whole Ultimate Community and you've been, you've been in, in the mix for a long time with VC. Um, but just give the listeners a little backstory about how you came to be where you are right now with the company and what is sort of the story behind the company and how you came to... Um, you know, be involved with the PUL. There's a lot to that. But first, just about yourself, you know, how you came to be here and what, what your role is, you know, in the Ultimate community. Cool. Yeah. So I um, played competitive Ultimate a long time ago before um, a knee injury took me out in the early years of VC too. So it was kind of one of those pick to play or pick to work. Uh, we had had the business for maybe three or four years. Uh, we are on year 20 now, so I'm dating myself, but um, it's been a really fun ride and we've grown a lot over the last few years. And part of that was because we, I think anyway, because we really started putting our values first as a company, um, trying to live and oppose the, what we thought was spirit of the game. So and, and everything we do um, from how we manufacture locally to the recycled fabrics we use to the non-binary fits of our jerseys that we're developing and we're spreading across our entire line. Um, and it's been, it's been a really exciting few years since we really leaned into that and developed our values. Um, personally, I love it because I wanted to stay uh, in touch with the ultimate community and running a business in this sport is fantastic. You get to meet people like these lovely co-hosts. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, I don't, it's not like you're doing it just for the business aspect for it. Nobody's getting rich on ultimate. And if you are, you're, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. So it's, it's about for me finding a way to be part of the community in a really cool um, way to promote inclusivity and to promote uh, equitable action. And that is why the PUL is a perfect partner for us. You know, we had a really good year a couple of years ago and we were able to, to invest in a really big initiative like the pool last year. And uh, it was, I think, the best thing we've ever done. Bonesaw's giving me a big smile. I am. <laughs> I am. You can't see. That feels <laughs> great to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's super awesome. One of my favorite things about VC is I feel like y'all are really transparent with the community and you do a lot of work in the equity space and in the activism space um, with gender and race and environmentalism and you have a ton of fantastic partnerships um including our partnership with you and also you know partnering with without limits and striving uplift and a lot of uh different 
different organizations and different sizes and they're doing different things, but all have really similar uh, missions and desire to grow the sport in an equitable way. Um, and I think y'all have a really good commitment to, to a growth mindset. Um, like a lot of equity work is grounded in practice and y'all show that I think, um, you know, even in, in, in your company growth and, um, in kind of the products you make, like, I'm just thinking of like, uh, you know, five years ago or something, it was the, the mantra was kind of that the future is female. And then y'all were at the forefront of acknowledging that the future is non-binary and, you know, seeing that is really cool from, I think, like such an impactful organization and company. Um, so props to y'all for, I think, being a part of the changing landscape and um, putting your money where your mouth is too. It's really cool. Awesome. I really appreciate that. And it's it's unbelievable to see too how the market has evolved and how much we've all learned over the last few years in the um, equity space. And as you mentioned, going from the future is female to um, well, now our motto is everyone's welcome. Um, and that kind of came out of the futures non-binary, which was really, really fun to explain to people for a lot for like the conversations that we have in the merchandise tent, which I still like going to, um, are unbelievable because some people have never heard of like this concept that there are people of all genders and there's probably, it's not just non-binary. There's like, there's no limit to how, how people will identify themselves and it's important to respect everybody and, and who they feel and who they are. Right. And it's, um, it's funny cause there was a really good conversation going on being ultimate this week or last week about uh, unisex clothing and what kind of a farce that is and how um, hopefully we don't have to use the word non-binary as we describe our clothing in the next couple of years. It's just fit based. Like, how does your, what's your body like? How's this shirt feel on your body? Or how's this going to fit your body? Has nothing to do with any gender or any classification that some company wants to put on a label. It's a ridiculous um, concept to me. So I'm, I'm stoked to keep pushing that forward. And, and we appreciate the feedback from pull players and from the pull community to make that happen. It's been a really good platform to launch this. Yeah, no, totally. It's super great to see, you know, everyone rep in VC and knowing that like y'all are doing really great work and have really strong values. So I love seeing that. Um, and I think even, you know, y'all are doing great work with the PUL, you offer an equity and development sponsorship for, you know, any teams that qualify and it's a pretty open <laughs> qualification. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage like anyone out there listening, uh, you know, no matter what, what team level you play on, like club youth, um, to, you know, do more digging and check out some of the opportunities that VC is offering because they offer a lot, um, a lot of support. So it's really cool. And you answered in your, in your previous answer, you answered my question about the non-binary line of clothing and y'all have moved to its relaxed fit. Um, you have, there's three relaxed, um, fitted. Is that the, and then there's, yeah, the I'll let standard. you do it. Yeah, standard. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's we've it's uh, fitted, standard, and relaxed. And um, what we're trying to do is um, to, to evolve the fits of women's and men's, for example. Um, so I'm, for example, I'm I'm almost six feet tall, 
and I wear a, a quote unquote men's small jersey. Uh, but I'd probably be more comfortable in a women's extra, extra large, but I don't really like the tapering of it and the, the shorter sleeve lengths, right? So we're, we're doing is we're taking these fits that people know and we're changing them for to be more comfortable for a larger like spectrum of body types that within that category. So yeah, it's um it's been a project. It costs us tens of thousands of dollars per style to switch over because of how um, deep deep we're digging into each one. Uh, but it's it's worth it, I think. In the yeah. End. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I agree. Bonsai, you wanna <laughs> Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a of a pivot there, but Adrian, I wonder if you might. We get a lot of questions sometimes from fans or even from people within the league. There's a lot of different. Adrian, we get a lot of questions from fans and sometimes from within the league about the the partnership from VC Ultimate and the PUL. It's one of the presenting sponsors, the official merchandiser, official uniforms, and how the different ways that fans um, participating in some of these programs that we do like the sponsored player program, but also buying merchandise. Um, how all of those you know support the league and support your company and support the players in different ways. I wonder if you might just sort of talk about a little bit about how the partnership works between the two organizations and just to kind of give a little bit more, you know, clarity for people about, you know, how it all works. Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, I think the partnership is based in a, a fundamental respect for what the league is doing and wanting to try and help the league form smart partnerships and relationships and sponsorships um, that are best for them, like best for you. And so that's been one of the big things that I feel that we've looked at from every angle as we've gone. Uh, and knowing that you'd want an endemic sponsor for your jerseys, well, hopefully um, somebody from within the ultimate community, um, we started there. And it's a really important piece for every team to have good looking uniforms. So we provide all, we provide a credit to each team that will cover their full roster worth of uniforms each year. Um, a cool thing we've done this year is because some of the teams are keeping the same uniforms and in line with not wanting to sort of overproduce or waste in our consumer society is that some teams are keeping their uniforms from last year, but they still get the same credit amount. And they can use it for trainers or more coach gear or um, training pants or tights and things like that. So each, each team's uniforms are fully covered. Um, we also do the player sponsorship program, which is just a bonkers number of jerseys. Um, we do all of those at our cost, um, which we, it's, it's really cool to see. Like it's, we're really excited about getting all these jerseys out into the um, market. And so we kind of think of it as like a marketing investment, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, so not only is it a way to get the community to invest in the league, but it's a, it's a really great amount of um, marketing investment for us for doing the player sponsorship program, getting to meet all these new consumers and customers and supporters and people who can in the future be communicated with in different ways to support the teams. So that's the third way would be through uh, official merchandise. So each team has an official merchandise store that we set up. We invest in all of the gear to do that and we pay um i guess a, a royalty to the team on every sale and that works for the same with the league so we take the risk and the investment of setting up and producing and designing all of the apparel for the uh, premier ultimate league line and um, give the league back a uh, royalty on all sales does that make sense yeah that all makes great sense <laughs> 
that, that's great for how you know fans can support v, the league through their interaction with VC. But also, as far as how you are also supporting the league, one thing that's been great about our partnership from the beginning, from even in 2018 when we were just getting with the torch and we were figuring things out, is um, you've also been a really great resource for me and for everybody else in the league to kind of think through because this, everybody's just building this from the ground up, you know, and thinking through um, whenever new issues come up, how we might address those, especially as they relate to merchandise and uniforms, but also just, um, you know, like uh, some examples would be, and I've thought about, maybe, you know, actually I've never really talked about this one specifically, but, um, you know, there's lots of apparel companies that are not just ultimate companies. And right now, you know, the league is working with apparel companies, y'all, and, and in a different way with spin. But, you know, let's say sometime the league grows really big. Would we then work with Under Armour or something, or will we stick with VC? I mean, there's lots of like, you know, interesting things like that or also you know right now you know every team and all the players have a an exclusive agreement to wear a vc gear but someday hopefully the league grows um to a level where you know individual players are getting actual sponsorship deals from individual companies and that's something that you know you have talked openly and helped me think about and others in the league think about even though that might affect your business with the league you know and i've really appreciated how you give insight that's best for the league first and also is, you know, is related to your business second. Does that make sense? That's been a really valuable thing where you've contributed because those are tough things to figure out. Like, how are we going to handle that in the future, for example? <laughs> you know, and it's a good question. And I'm interested to know how you handle it too. <laughs> it's, I think the, the fundamental thing you have to do is if you're going to be a brand and a company that puts its values at the forefront, you have to live by them. You know, and if 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 I'm saying that we're like, VC is 100% behind the pole, then that means that I have to counsel and use my experience in 20 years in this industry to help you make the best decisions for the pole. And that means at times we'll be left out. And that's okay. You know, that's um, on the flip side, we have to do a good job. We've got to produce good gear and we've got to get it to you on time and we have to put our money where our mouth is to, to support it. Uh, so it's nobody owes anybody else anything in this relationship. It's all just about um, making the best decisions for the league going forward. And I'm sure we'll have some tough conversations in the future about whether a company our size is the best option for the league when it grows to be a gazillion dollar enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. We, we have a really specialized thing that we do. And so I think the, the value there is for us and I'm comfortable in, in the value that, that we provide. So I'm, I have no insecurity about, the fact that there might be a better option out there. If there really was, then I'd support you going for it. Yeah, I think that that's that's a one small example of what the many. Um, I, don't know, I should say that again. Scratch what I just said. Hogue, edit what I just said there. Bonesaw, you're at six restarts. Podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> clean it up. <laughs> Take that part out. Okay, Julia, back to you. You ask another question. Yeah, my questions are. My next question is less deep than that question. Uh, what is your favorite product that BC has in the PUL store right now? Wow. Um, tights. I am a convert. Uh, and I never wore tights before. I've always worn long shorts and now I wear short shorts and tights and it's shocking to myself. Um, yeah, we have these <laughs> One thing I noticed when we were at championship weekend um, is that we 
a lot of the players were wearing tights and under their shorts. And I realized it's because it's on turf. And this is like one of the reasons why you have to get out and see these games, like for us anyway. Um, shout out to Jess from BC, who's been doing all of the um, pull teamwork this year. And she's heading down to New York to see a game with a bunch of friends in, in a couple of weeks. I'm stoked for her to see it in action because it's so awesome. Um, but yeah, so we developed these tights when I saw that almost every player was wearing tights. Or you get someone like Claire who forgets her tights and has the largest like mm-hmm. rash up the side of her leg after that weekend. So um, yeah, those that's my favorite right now. I love that. Sweet, practical. They look good. Yeah, that's great. What if you could if you could pick a new piece of uninvented product or swag for the PUL? What would that be? A new piece of un. Well, I probably had done it already. If I think of it, <laughs> but you know, someone came to us a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, actually, um, trying to develop padded protective, um, jerseys and shorts. And I think that's something that could be a cool thing to look at in the future because we move more to turf now, um, for a lot of these games. The other thing I'm super interested in is wearable tech and how we could use technology to help training and safe training and uh, modern monitor, monitoring of um, body stats and keeping athletes healthy in all sorts of different conditions. Um, so yeah, I would develop a space jersey. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would jersey. like to be a tester for that. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Put me on your list. Yeah, sign All me right. up as well. I'm into that. I have another sort of more on the deep the deep question side, I guess. Maybe All right, that's well, my I'll role. be the, the com- comic tension breaker. Okay. What's it called? The, comic the... relief. Comic relief. That's the word, relief. No, you're much more than that. <laughs> uh, my question for you, Adrian, the um, one thing I really – appreciated it uh, about you as we've worked together now for maybe even two years, two or three years. I can't even count, but not that long, but a pretty long time is um, I love that you tend to, to say yes to crazy ideas first and then figure them out how they're going to get done, whether it's a product or whether it's like the original pitch for the sponsor player program with the torch back in the day or whatever it is, pretty much every step of the way. Uh, if it's a crazy idea and it kind of pushes the mission forward, you say yes and then figure it out the logistics of it later where does the confidence come from to be able to do that and 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 put your name behind it and say yeah i'm going to do this and then having not quite figured it all out yet you know what do, how do you how do you have the confidence to do that where does that come from what's your how does that work for you well it's uh it's like my favorite phrase and my favorite sport non-ultimate sport which is skiing um and it was just away with a bunch of my old nine nine of us from back in the day ultimate girls went to uh, interior bc to go skiing last week and the phrase is if you're not falling you're not trying and for me is if you're not falling you're not having fun because i love falling and laughing my face off at myself and it's you know if you don't try hard things or new things or different things then where are you gonna go and it's uh after again 20 years of doing this It's time to do things differently, I think, and um, better at each step so that we can be more involved and more supportive of our community. It's like we're on the cusp of all of these big things happening at every level, you know, from youth to college to club to professional. There's all this sort of momentum building, but we haven't, haven't sort of reached a tipping point as a sport yet, in my opinion. And you just don't know what one of these ideas is going to be that tipping point. And I think the player sponsorship program is a 
perfect example. If you had said, if you had said we're going to raise, what was it, one hundred and twenty thousand last year, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in three days yeah. or something, one hundred twenty, yeah. uh-huh. I would have been like, we're not. <laughs> but sure, Bonesaw, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> like, but who who knew, right? And then that there you go. That all of a sudden we have a community funded league. It's amazing. You know, that, that's a tipping point, actually. I you know I didn't even tell a lot of the team at BC that we were doing this because I last year, because I was like, eh, it may or may not go, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the online store blew up and everyone was like, Oh my God, we have to make all these jerseys. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry team. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make all these jerseys. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's, I just think it's in order to move forward, we have to just keep trying things and, and that doesn't happen if you say no. So try and say yes. Yeah, I love that. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that about the how much was raised and how fast and how it sort of took people by surprise. Because I think that's a key thing for why uh, I think it'll work again this year and can work every year is partially because um, it's a very clear way to tie the mission and the kind of the structure of how this league is, which is like, hey, this is a league that's that's community funded. If the community wants it, it's going to happen. And this is one like very you know, easy to understand way, you know, hey, sponsor a player, let's sell them out. That funds, you know, 50% of the team's budget at this point and for a lot of teams, maybe even more. So it gives a very clear path and a fun path for how people can do it. Um, and I think that's partly why it works um, and works so well this time. I, mean, I guess we'll see, you know, this time around. There's a lot more jerseys to go. There's a lot more jerseys to go, but I think this idea of the the unique design is really cool. You know, I think that it's different than the replicas you'll be able to get, which is still an amazing support to those players and those teams. Um, so if you miss out on sponsoring your favorite player, you can still order that player's replica jersey with their name and their number on it. And that's pretty um, cool as well. But it's, I think the number one thing that made me smile about this whole thing was watching the other players from other teams support their league mates to try and get it a sellout. Like I've never seen anything like that. That is, I don't think that happens in professional sports, you know, and it's, it's a true representation of spirit of the game in my opinion, or a true actualization of spirit of the game. Uh, and yeah, as long as we keep throwing some interesting things year after year, I think we'll see the success. Yeah, definitely agree. And, and Julie, I wonder if you might, talk for a second because one one piece of feedback we've gotten or one thing that people have considered is you know 150 dollars is, is is a pretty high amount of money for people to spell, spend for this thing and also it does create some sort of an exclusive thing which is like you know there are lots of pieces of the mission of the league that are about accessibility and non-exclusivity so like um i'm wondering if you might talk a little bit about how that you know how that factors in here yeah sure um you know we've had some really good conversations um like the PUL employees, some people on the board about um, accessibility, uh, that that's a part of our mission. And with this program specifically, um, the financial accessibility to be able to support is pretty high, um, like $150. I think what we saw develop last year, which was really cool, was, um, I mean, really like from the fans' creative ways to break down that barrier, uh, that class barrier of like, you know, teams all chipping it, like college teams all chipping in and buying their coaches Jersey together. And then, you know, that Jersey, uh, was, you know, their spirit prize at tournaments or, you know, this year we, I've seen like people on Twitter, like 
coordinating nationwide efforts to pool together money for um, sponsoring players and like hosting them their own raffles for who gets the jersey and you know who gets the perk of that. But like, it's not even about that. It's about it's about sponsoring the players and spreading, you know, the the good word about them. And I think one thing that I've thought a lot about for this coming year is like in the creation of the alternate Jersey, which I think is really cool. Um, it also does play into a little bit about that, like a physical manifestation of classism. Like if you see someone wearing a Jersey that, you know, they had to pay $150 for you make then an assumption about that person or about, um, you know, it, it's like, it's like box seats at an NBA game or like floor seats. Like, yeah, maybe that person, maybe it's their friends, maybe, you know, whatever, maybe they didn't have to personally invest to get that, um, that product that's special, but they are kind of like in that world, like even being able to get their hands on one. So I think I've thought a bit about that with our decision as a league to do the alternate Jersey. Like, I think it's, a super cool thing to do. And like, as someone who also works in advertising and marketing, like kind of like what you said before, Adriana, like, you know, no one owes each other anything. Like the community wants this league and we want a league and we have to create like a really good product and, you know, the workflow of that, like you have to have funding, you have to then execute with that money that you've been given or that you've put in a lot of work to raise um, and have a good product and have, a league that does stick to its values and engages audiences and does all those things. Um, and so, you know, in the equity space, like that conflict can all exist and we can all sit with that, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely things to think about. And I think like good discussions to have, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's great to see the support for the PSP and for the PUL. And I think, it's been really exciting to watch like people in our community, um, you know, say, yes, this is a lot of money and it goes to a good cause. So how can we make it accessible and affordable and how can we get as many people involved as possible to feel that ownership too? Like, you know, even if you only give $10 to a pool of people and all of you give $10, like you're still a part of making the league happen. So I think it's cool. Yeah, that's great. You know, I've thought about it too. We've had a bunch of email exchanges about it. Um, I think one thing that helps with that issue about making it well, this is this is an expensive thing. You know, uh, um, is is the transparency that I think the league strives for, and I think being as transparent as possible about how the league works and how the money works and how the teams work and where this money goes. You know, even by saying like the exact dollar figure, like this raises per, you know eleven thousand dollars per team, and this is how much it costs to run a team, and you know. Um, the league being as transparent as possible or even uncomfortably transparent at times about, you know, what's going on under the, under the hood, I think helps mitigate some of, you know, the stuff that you were talking about, hopefully helps mitigate some of that because fans can also see that there's other ways that they can support or, you know, just buying a ticket also helps, you know, you don't have to sponsor a player, but this is one way to do it. And if they understand how the league operates, it can feel okay to, 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 to follow along or support in any way that you can. Yeah, no, totally. I think we do a really intentional job about that transparency and I think it's a hundred percent necessary I don't think we would be as successful or even successful at all without it like I think you have to have that 
Yeah, it's the word intent. The word intentional is one that I always forget to use when I mean to. Um, and that's the one thing I think the league just shocks me over and over, um, such as with the, the pool pride fundraiser we did last year, uh, where we um, gave sort of super commission or super royalty on anything with pride to just get it out there um, to as many people as possible. And um, Bonesaw came back and was like, well, we thought about it and we actually want to donate the money raised because even though our league is supporting um, people from all sorts of different backgrounds, they were not really a league that is based with a, a like doing activism and pride related activities. So I thought that was really cool, really intentional to live your values is to be like, okay, we're going to like raise this money from our community, but we're going to give it back to each team's own pride focused um, organizations. It's a, I don't think things like this happen without a lot of thought. And I think that a lot of thought results in success a lot of ways. So, you know, if you believe in it, just keep doing it. And hopefully the, the fans come and this is all just a snowball growing bigger and bigger. Yeah. That's a great example. And I can't take credit for that idea. I, I was, uh, that was a Lindsay Sue from Raleigh on the board call. You know, we were talking about doing that pride fundraiser Sweet. last year and she, she said, you know, we should really, it doesn't feel quite right for this money to go to the poll. We should, you know, find, do what happened, which is find, you know, um, other organizations to funnel that money too. So it's a great example of why it's, you know, the, the board works well so far, a lot of voices, a lot of really smart people with good ideas and good insight. Um, so that was got kind of shout out to Lindsay Sue for that idea on that one. Um, this has been a great convo. Uh, I wanted to just to ask you a little bit. I know you you know you try to stay in your your safe Canada bubble up there, and not and you know <laughs> not get involved. But you got any kind of preseason favorites here as far as teams? You know, you got 12, 12 teams this year. You know, got Revolutions back. They're returning champions. What's your preseason prediction here? About you know what are we going to see in the, the top four and in the finals? Uh, I'm no chance in France. I'm answering that question. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's just no way. It's funny. Cause I, um, when I went to champ weekend, I, I was running into people whose faces I'd never seen because they've been longtime customers. We were emailing that week, even whatever it is. And, um, I don't think I like thought that like when we were out at the party, even I don't, I was like, Oh, you're here. And I didn't even think to be like, who do you play for? You know, cause it seems like there's like, just a mix of amazing individuals on all of these teams and teams that you, that you're surprised, like, Oh, I didn't know you were in New York. It's like, you know, it's just, uh, I support the community. <laughs> all right. Well, we won't make it, we won't make you choose, but, uh, we'll get movement. We will make you talk about one more thing though, which is uh sponsor of this podcast layout gloves. Now layout is a relationship that you brought the table for us here. And, uh, they are the back for the official glove sponsor of the PUL for 2020. Might you uh, give a little bit of backstory about how, uh, who layout, who's behind layout and how that came to be a recommendation that you sent our way? Totally. So um, Jake is the founder of layout and he is somebody who runs our um, event teams internationally. He's a really, really smart guy and he's irritatingly smart. I kind of think of Jake as sometimes he's a little brother and sometimes he's a big brother because <laughs> uh, he knows more about some things, but he knows less about some things. And so he became really engaged in learning more about equity and um, came to every equity um, event that we supported or sponsored or involved with. Um, had a lot of long 
sometimes tough, but thoughtful conversations. And um, he's like that company is, is doing their best to also sort of live their value of inclusivity. Um, and I think it, um, yeah, it just made sense to me. I really like the, the product. I really like Jake and what he's built. And um, I just told him that he should support Paul. And he was like, yeah, I should. <laughs> that was about it but he's uh yeah they, he does a lot he supports a lot of great initiatives and so i um i thought it was a good fit and i highly uh, encourage anybody thinking of trying out gloves give layout gloves a shot and uh, we have them in our store jake has them on layoutultimate.com and yeah. Yeah. Putting the finishing the touches on the uh, the PUL design for a league glove, and then each team has its own custom glove that fans will be able to buy shortly. So keep an eye out for that. And they're also the official sponsor of this pulp podcast. So shout out to Layout Gloves. Nice way to work that one in. All right, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julie, why don't you take us home here? Give uh, the, the the listeners kind of the need to know info here for uh, the next week or two moving forward. Yeah, need to know. Um, I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but everyone should sign up for our newsletter. Um, you can do that on our website. You can do that as soon as I post on our social media for many days in a row about signing up. <laughs> um, a cool thing that we're going to be sending out this coming upcoming week is the 2019 annual report. Um, our missing co-host Hannah wrote and put together a, very informative, aesthetically pleasing, um, awesome document to, you know, go over our first season and kind of going back to that transparency. So uh, you're only going to be able to find that on our newsletter. So if you don't sign up, you're not going to see it. So I recommend you sign up. Um, Other need to knows, I mean, really just set that alarm for 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. Uh, also, I would, yeah, oh, I had posted on my Twitter that people could ask any questions they wanted because I, I wanted people to ask more questions for that we answer on this podcast. And we didn't answer an important one about <laughs> our Pop-Tarts small calzones. Um, I don't even know who asked that. Uh, someone asked that. I should look. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if I can agree with that that a small that a pop tart is a small calzone um doesn't so a, a calzone have to have cheese and meat or something like that yeah it like it, it's an well first off i think a calzone has to be italian and it has to be like an oven baked folded <laughs> pizza essentially and I, I don't think you can say that about pop tarts what's so. the ruling from the booth a calzone has to have meat and cheese i thought as well bonsa okay <laughs> great great thank you for that affirmation um <laughs> so yeah that's that's all i got from that from the twitter questions but yeah i would love that i would love hard-hitting questions like that to continue <laughs> thanks to the that's twitterverse the to know. yeah <laughs> wow well this has been great adriana thanks for joining us today and for all that you've done for the pul and every team and for me personally as well thank you for having me and uh, i can't wait to see what this season holds and if, um, yeah, if we can help out with anything any of y'all are doing, please drop us a line. We'd be happy to hear about what's going on in, in your world. All right. Well, thanks again. And Julia, thank you as well. And we'll be back in yeah. probably two weeks with season two, episode three of the PUL podcast. 
Awesome. I didn't sweat that much this one. I think it went better. All right. <laughs> Thank you for the nice words. And um, I concur, Julia, you're funnier than Bonesaw, but. <laughs> yeah. I am not the funniest. I hope one. we're still recording. <laughs> Have a great day. You bye. too. Bye. See you.